Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 63, recorded on Thursday, 4th of August 2011. Avoiding finagling but causing a kerfuffle. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. This week in Lotus is proud to be sponsored by Sonos. Sonos allows you to stream all the music on Earth wirelessly in any room. With a big sound from the latest Play 3 player in a compact size and at a price you've never seen before, just $299 per unit. Control it wirelessly with your Android or iOS device. Get free two-day shipping with a special promo code available only from This Week in Lotus. Go to thisweekinlotus.com slash Sonos for more information. Well, hello and welcome to This Week in Lotus. We're back for episode 63. Uh, Welcome to everybody who's joined in, listened, streaming, downloading this episode. Thank you for joining us. So I'm joined as usual by Darren Duke. Hello, Darren. Hello, Stuart. Did you watch my tip yet? (laughs) You know I haven't. Darren, I really really must go and look at the Attack of the Zombies or whatever it was. It's 34 seconds of your life. That's that's (laughs) less than it takes to type a tweet. Now, admittedly, you type a lot of tweets, so it might not this be... This is very true. This is very true. No, I will definitely go back and watch it before I edit this podcast. Okay, guys. Well, thank you um, for joining us. Darren, we, we had an interesting podcast last week, didn't we, in that we um, interviewed Ed Brill, of course, of IBM, and also Lewis Richardson. Any thoughts that came from what particularly what Ed said about the next version of Notes that surprised you or, or that you've thought about this week? Um, yeah, I'm not sure I can serve them. <laughs> but yes. Um, so it suddenly occurred to me um, later on in the week, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I think I was just driving along thinking about stuff. And, and it suddenly occurred to me that it almost smells as if Notes Domino is going into a maintenance-only release. I don't oh. think that's the case, but that's what it kind of sounded a bit like. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> One hopes not. I, I, it was it was interesting in, in terms of the way things were phrased in particular. And, and you know, to be fair, Ed is talking about Notes Next, so it suggests there is going to be something that comes along to follow Notes 85. But certainly, it seems like a different beast to what we have today in terms of some of the way in which it was going to be modulized in particular. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what comes in the future of Notes and Domino for sure. Yes. And and I, I thought Lewis Richardson was was excellent last week too. And um, actually, there's there's been a couple of videos that Lewis has, has posted uh, just this week, which really do sum up some of the stuff he was talking about last week. So we'll make sure those are in the show notes too. So we're joined um, once again by an esteemed panel from around the community. In fact, we're joined by three IBM champions this week. So first off, let's start with Steve Pitcher. Hello, Steve. Good morning, Stuart. Good morning. Good afternoon to you. Um, you're based in Canada, aren't you? Who do you work for there, and what do you do? I, uh, I work for Scottsburn Dairy Group. I'm the enterprise systems, uh, excuse me, the uh, enterprise systems manager. Um, I basically run all the collaboration uh, software and uh, 
and uh, and the I series there as well. Excellent. And how long have you been with them? Uh, as a consultant, about a year. <laughs> as a, as a full fledged employee, probably since uh, early March. Okay, excellent. And and what applications do you look after there? Uh, everything. Lotus, uh, everything under the sun. We've got uh, same time server. Actually, just starting off with the uh, uh, with the newest same time uh, uh, system console last night. So we're we're putting the full uh, SCT light solution in there. Uh, that's our latest little uh, little adventure. We uh, we have uh, Domino servers running mail, custom workgroup applications. Uh, we've got Lotus Quicker deployed. Um, our sales group. Uh, we're a small company, but our sales group is estimating losing probably about 50,000 emails just to Quicker alone. So we're pretty excited about that. And, um, yeah, it's, a, it's everything Lotus under the sun. And I know you're a great fan of Windows, aren't you? So I'm sure everything's running on Windows there. <laughs> uh, oh, we, we don't run anything uh, <laughs> unless it's on Windows. <laughs> no, we, we run everything on the same, on the same uh, IBMI. Uh, partition. Uh, it's every Domino server, and um, we we keep throwing workloads at it. I, I was saying a couple of weeks ago that I should really go into the server room every morning and give the machine a good hard kick so it would feel a workload. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Well, thanks for joining us t- uh, today, Stephen, and, and yeah, congratulations on the IBM Champion Award as well. It's great to have Thanks you on sir. the podcast. And somebody else who knows a little bit about the I series or System I or whatever it's called this week is Sharon Bellamy. Hello, Sharon. Hi Stuart. Hello and uh, do you want to tell the audience, I'm sure many of them will know you by now, but do you want to tell everybody what you do and where you work? Uh, I am currently the lead IBM's solution specialist at City University in London and I do everything that is IBM, Lotus or Tivoli related. Excellent, so that, that's from an admin and support point of view, do you do any implementation as well? I do. I also do some front-end design, and um, I'm a big fan of going out to meet the customers and uh, and doing some workshops around um, user adoption and things as well. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us today, Shan. I know you're currently at City University, aren't you? Is there any news there in terms of where you work? Uh, there is. Um, in Within the next two and a bit months, I will be moving to Applicable. So I shall still be a major part of the community, except I'll be a business partner instead of a customer. Excellent. Well, congrats on that move. It's it's tremendous news, for, certainly from my perspective, in that I know Applicable very well and work with them. So it's great that, that you're moving such a great organisation. I'm sure they'll appreciate having you there too. I'm really because looking forward partner. to it. And because yes. you're moving to a partner, now IBM are free to ignore you. Now you're no longer a customer. <laughs> oh, you should know me by now. I will not be ignored. <laughs> you will not let them ignore you. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, Sharon. And also by the third IBM champion, by Lisa Duke. Hello, Lisa. Good morning, Stuart. How are you? Yeah, great. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Um, do you want to tell everybody about STS, what you do there, and what STS does as an organization as well? Because Darren doesn't often get to mention it. Uh, yeah, he doesn't, which is a problem. He uh, probably should, but that's why I exist, to tell everybody what we do. Um, we are an IBM Lotus business partner. We specialize in collaboration, virtualization. We resell hardware and software. Um, we also have a strong background in mobility, although that is a space that is definitely mass chaos right now. Um, and I'm a friend of Matt Newman. <laughs> that's a claim to fame 20 CV 
I am too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you all three of you for joining us today. It's great to have you on the podcast. So we've got a a group of very different topics to run through today, very uh, different areas we're going to cover. So we'll rattle through as usual and then come to tips at the end, by which time hopefully I'll have thought of one. Darren's ahead of me again. Got to change that. So uh, let's kick off with System I. Uh, we mentioned it already. Um, it's certainly got some real fans, uh, the System I. What used to be the AS400 has been through a few names since then. So Steve, do you want to kick us off? What, why does your organisation use System I? What, what's the reason why you based your, your Lotus platform on that? Well, we've, we've had System I in the house since it was, uh, I think, back to the, uh, the System 36. Um, I've been actually an IBM customer since the System 36, and uh, they've grown through the 80s to the uh, AS400 and so on and so forth. Uh, so the, the technology was in-house. Um, the skill set is in-house, and they've really kept their, uh, I guess their IBM I skills um, relevant over the last you know, 10 years, and um, I came along as a consultant about uh, about a year ago when they wanted to move their ISP-hosted um, email to something internal. So I made the domino pitch um, and said, you know what, you can put this on your on your uh, iSeries. And um, they, uh, they said, hey, it's a great idea. We've got a big box. We threw it on there, and that was just for mail. They had licenses for quicker, uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me, for quicker, and uh, we put it on uh, on as well, and it just keeps on uh, enveloping the workloads. So um, no, we're quite happy with it. The uh, I guess the because of the skill set and the uh, the history with the machine, all the backups, they're all integrated in one. Now we don't have to worry about uh, uh, different backup devices for every Domino server we put in. I know Systemize supports LPARs, doesn't it? So having sort of virtual partitions that you can run different applications on that have some sort of element of, of um, you know, of split of, of, of resources between them. Is that how you run it? Do you have, have different LPARs for each of the applications or do you run them all on one LPAR? No, we run them all on one LPAR. Um, I think in the uh, in the Domino world, they kind of call them Domino partitions. They're they're really not. They run in I-series, uh, or sorry, IBMI. Uh, subsystems, which is all in the same LPAR. So you, you save yourself some OS licensing as well. You don't have to buy five different versions of OS 400 in order to run, sorry, IBMI. <laughs> I'm still getting used to the new branding. It will always um, be I, I mean, an OS 400. It will always be OS 400. Don't worry know, about it. I know, I know. I really know, Sharon, but it, it's, it's one of those things you really got to try to get yourself into. And, and I've been struggling so bad with it because I've been saying it for 10 years. Uh, I tend to say iSeries more than anything because I guess when I came into the business, I came into the iSeries branding uh, back in like 2000, 2001. Same as me. I've I've been brainwashed. (laughs) Yep. And and I think that's something that that gets missed. We we do a lot of iSeries work, uh, a lot. And, you know, being able to do the multi-version of Domino on a single iSeries is still nothing no other platform can do it without a lot of finagling, you know, on the on the eye yeah. it's native. And the other thing to take into account is the PVU cost. If you if you're on um extortionate PVU licensing, you, you know, you you're gonna be pushing it to get over 140 to 160 PVUs on on a pretty beefy eye series. And I think that gets lost a lot. And and I, I, I at user groups I kind of cause a bit of kerfuffle every now and again when people say 
if you could run Domino on any platform, what would you run it on? And I honestly say, hand on heart, on an iSeries. I'm the same. Please don't kill me, Stuart, with the web sphere. I've said the W word. Um, <laughs> we'll bleep it out. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But you can run multiple versions of WebSphere natively on the iSeries. It has its own subsystems. You can have four, we've had four or five different versions of, of WebSphere running and three or four different versions of Portal running on the same box and a Domino server and commerce. Um, it is my platform of choice. I'm just so gutted that uh, some of the Lotus stuff just doesn't run natively on it because otherwise it would be my platform of choice for everything. And it's the newer stuff, right? Yeah. The, the, the connections et al. And, and the new same time 8.5 and higher installs. Yeah. And, you know, I, the, the rumor is they're working on it. Steve, I think you've been kind of hassling IBM because of your newfound. Well, there's four champions on the call today except me, so. Um, <laughs> but, you know, is that one of the things you're looking to do with your champion status is, is take a, like a, a sooty whacking stick and go, go force them to give them what you want? Uh, I, I think I like to uh, I like to antagonize a little bit because you know IBM has, has come out recently uh, and I guess the uh, the common community and, and I guess the entire IBM I community is so passionate about the platform and um, uh, I, I remember reading a week ago um, uh, about the uh, I guess the, uh, the the new vigor which IBM are, are going to be taking um, I guess. Uh, a growth play for for IBMI, and I read growth play. What? <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so it, it looks like there's some new life going to be, uh, I guess, breathed into the uh, into the product. And uh, I guess when I see these uh, these Lowe's products, or I guess components of the uh, of the same time product or, or the connections product in total, not running on IBMI, um, I guess it really it kind of irks me because I want to see it continue. I want to see, you know, uh, IBM coming out with these software products that run on everything on their, on their power systems line, not just Linux. I don't want to run connections on Linux. Uh, I will if I'm forced to, but uh, I'd, I'd much rather leverage the skill we have in house to, uh, to manage the thing. So yeah, I guess that's one of the great points of the, the champion program. It's like, Hey, do you guys want to talk to somebody at IBM to, uh, you know, petition your cause? And I think on day one, I was emailing Joyce Davis saying, yeah, I want to talk to, uh, you know, who, who runs the connections product, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I was, uh, I was immediately put in contact with Mac Guadera, So I'm quite happy with it. I, I haven't gotten anything really positive back from Mac, but <laughs> I guess we're working on, I'm, I'm going to keep on, uh, uh, poking at him to see if I can get, uh, some, some traction. And and I think from a from from a standpoint of, of myself, I, I do both a lot of iSeries and a lot of Lotus stuff, is I think the two things inside of IBM have a lot of um coincidental equalities. You know, I think they're very, very powerful systems, both of them, but are pretty much underrated inside of IBM. And I also think they're pretty much underrated by the, the IBM sales reps out there selling them. So it's kind mm. of interesting to see what happens on, on this uh, much vaunted I-series or power push that they're going to do. I wonder if we're going to call it I-nose or P-nose. <laughs> 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 I 
I, I completely echo that, Dan. I, I, I think it's astonishing how few people know about iSeries, considering how long the platform's been around. It's just not something that's, that's broadly, you know, that people are aware of. Maybe if they've run some kind of ERP system that's required it or or some other kind of, um, you know, of, of enterprise-class uh, system that for, for the last 10 years that's required iSeries, then they'll know about it and they'll look to run other workloads on that. But, um, you know, if you're going out to buy an enterprise-class system to run a collaborative collaborative application on today i'm not sure you'd ever think about iSeries. it's not something that's in the front of the brain for for running that kind of workload well everybody wants x86 so the first thing they're going to put in front of you is is, is a blade center or, or something along them lines and, and i think it's just that the the history you like you said i think erp is where it all came from right everyone ran judy edwards back in the day on it yeah. uh, and, and i think that's kind of gone away as of late and and you know we unfortunately see a lot of people moving from iSeries and moving Domino from i to some of a platform and if they're on enterprise licensing it is a multi-thousand tens of thousands of dollars shock if you want to move from an iSeries and you want to go to a dual six core Windows server it is shocking the price difference or servers yeah so I, I've always thought of iSeries and to some extent P-Series as well, although I, th I think they've now been merged they, into power systems, but certainly you know, b both with AX and with OS 400, the argument was always that the initial purchase was very expensive because the machines themselves are, are hefty bits of kit. You know, it's £50,000 plus, I guess, for a decent-sized iSeries. But, but I guess when you look at it as a total cost of ownership equation, then lots of smaller Windows boxes, for example, takes an awful lot of management, whereas the advantage of an iSeries is, is much easier to manage, would you agree? 100%. Yeah. Uh, I'm one guy, and, and uh, I guess we have, a, we have a small shop, and the last uh, shop I worked for, uh, work for was a three-man IT shop, and um, you know you, you're running at that place. We had uh, two I series run for two completely separate workloads. Um, this shop we have one I series, and it's a clustered solution with another I series. And it's a you know the manpower it takes to run it is uh, incredibly small. You get um, hell, you know you you just install something and it runs and it runs forever. And I was a business partner before, um, I guess, getting into the, uh, uh, before this, into the paper-making industry and now, the, the, I guess, the ice-cream-making industry. Um, as a business partner, you'd go into a shop and you'd ask a guy, when's the last time you, you know, rebooted that thing? And it'd be three, four, five years. No need to. Uh, so people get their money's worth when you, when, when you, when you make the, uh, I guess, the initial purchase. Yep, definitely. And, and every time. It's the uptime as well. The uptime's phenomenal. Like Steve said, not even not even the server getting rebooted, but I've actually seen Domino have a have a runtime of six hundred and forty two days or something close to that on an i series. And the reason I know that is because I went and installed a fix pack, came back nearly two years later to upgrade Domino and did a show space server and I turned to the guy and said, Has this ever ever been rebooted? He's like, No, we just it never went down. <laughs> so I mean literally if if you need if you need close to hundred percent uptime all the time, and, and in these days, you probably do, then you're not going to really beat any, either of the power platforms for that. And, and specifically, my preference would, would be the iSeries. It just runs and runs and runs. Yep. So, Darren, you're saying if you're in IT and you hope to actually be able to take a vacation one day, you should move everything onto an i? Yeah, it's not a bad way of putting it. <laughs> 
So, so you know, we, we're lucky today on this call that we had three you know, iSeries experts. Are the skills still around to manage, to host, to upgrade this kind of platform? Oh, I don't know. From, from in the UK, we're scarce people. I think in yep. demand, I guess. Yeah, but then rare there's, there's scarce everywhere. I think. Yeah, rarer than a dodo's left nut. <laughs> I don't know though, Darren. We work with an awful lot of hardware partners, and all of them have somebody that goes and does all the PTFs or whatever they are. All of them have an ex-IBMer <laughs> that does that. <laughs> And, and and it's a valid point, but the, the the question has to. It's the same as there's not enough domino administrators. Yeah. It's like how many do you need? Yeah. <laughs> I used to look after seven, seven, six, seven nice serious machines running bank banking apps and e-commerce applications. I mean, there was two of us that could do it in the in the company, and I was the main one. So, and we used to reboot our machines once a year, only because we did a a, a backup of of the of the OS for DR purposes. That was it. These were up hundred percent well, of the time. Yeah, and our team, Darren's probably the, and to be fair, it's tier two, right? So we're not adding and removing users for all of our customers. They're doing all the day-to-day -day stuff, but in terms of if anything really goes bad, it's probably what a hundred shops or so where if something did go wrong we'd get the call and he's just one guy and has no problem being tier two support for that many customers it's just if it's set up right and you know what you're doing it's not that labor intensive and i think that's something that people forget yeah and, and i think the skill sets around, around that and ibm I've, I've seen a couple of emails of late and, and a couple of training courses where they, they are starting to maybe open up the you know maybe the average i series administrator is the wrong side of 50 so you know i think you're starting to figure that out but the long and the short of it is if you can take a word and make that word into three letters you can run an i series you just need to remove all the vowels just remove take all the, the vowels, vowels out yeah yeah and make it no longer than nine letters and you sort it. that's all you need yeah. to know no 10 characters you're allowed aren't you oh is that what i thought it was nine yeah, okay 10. almost 10 i think it's 10 sure it's 10 so there's not a lot of English majors in the field, huh? Because they would go crazy <laughs> over that. Why do you think my spelling's so bad, Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> so in, in terms of the, the platforms that support an iSeries, we, we've clearly got Domino, we've got Same Time, Quicker uh, are still supported. I think that there's some of the newer WebSphere-based Same Time components that don't run natively, is that right? Yeah, I think they're, uh, what are they, Linux and Windows and AIX, I believe. Okay, so you'd need to run those in, in some kind of virtual partition or on another platform to do that? Yeah, it looks like it. Okay. For, and, for the time being. And then, of course, I, I know that <clears throat> WebSphere Application Server and WebSphere Portal are both supported on the iSeries, but connections for the moment mm -hmm. isn't. So that, that, that seems to be the big hole, particularly with the push towards social uh, business, is that the iSeries seems to be excluded from that if we can't run the collections platform on there. Which seems slightly crazy considering, you know, most medium-sized businesses that have got one iSeries box that run their entire operation, they can't, if they want to go down the connections for social business route, they have to get another machine in to do it or create an LPAR. Well, if you're IBM, that's a feature. That's the M in IBM. Yeah, if I, why sell you just software when I could sell you software in a Blade Center? Yeah, which is great, but if you've got one guy that does all your IT and knows about OS for iSeries and nothing else, you're screwed. I'm sure they have services people as well. 
And, and that goes back to a discussion we were having a few weeks ago, isn't it, about retaining existing customers and keeping them happy versus winning new business. And, and IBM's whole direction is around winning new business, how they compensate people. Um, and, and so where, as you say, Lisa, where you could add ad- additional workloads to an existing system for low cost and therefore make an existing hap- uh, customer very happy, that's not necessarily top of the priority list. And Traveller. Traveller's always the one that's been missing from the iSeries for, for me and my customers. Um, you know, they all, m- the majority now have at least one Windows server for, for bears, but they would love to be able to jettison that and, and move entirely to the iSeries. And what, what's kind of ironic about this is Traveller and Connections is on Java, which is the much vaunted right once run not quite anywhere. <laughs> I do have another interesting point that it, this hadn't struck me, but um, we've had a couple of shops that have looked at putting a a Windows Domino server in with their iSeries Domino server, and it took a bit of getting to as to why, but what it hadn't occurred to me is none of the actual development tools that are plugins like Team Studio, Chow, and all of that good stuff, none of them work on any other platform, as far as I know, than, than Windows, which I found kind of shocking. Yeah, and it's just something I've always had the issue with, with with Domino. Again, you know, one of the real strengths of Domino is the cross-platform nature. And same with the Notes client, isn't it? So Notes client will run on, on Linux or on Windows or on Mac, and yet so many of the third-party plugins, and to be fair as well, the IBM plugins just don't work on the non-Windows platforms. You know, which which actually is something that has improved this week. So let's move on then. So, so one of the pieces of news this week was that Mac Gadera announced that um, the Notes connectors for the Mac have been above. They've been updated across the board, but but there's new features for the Mac platform. There's now a status update and a file plugin for the Notes client, which is really big news for those that use the Mac platform. And let's be careful. It's not quicker connectors. Yes, very true. So it's files within connections now have a, a connector. And the interesting thing is it, 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 the functionality is that it goes into the sidebar on the Notes client. And so you have the same functionality we've had with the files connector for a while on Windows. So you can drag and drop um, files into and out of your email, which is obviously a very big thing. The other thing you can do on the Mac, which I think you can also do on the Windows platform, is you can drag files from your desktop or from Finder Stroke Explorer into that sidebar. So it does give the ability to kind of access files from just the the OS level as well, if you have the Notes client running and being able to drag and drop them in. But what it doesn't give you is the Finder integration, so it just appears like another drive on your on your Finder platform. So that that that's a little bit of a hole at the moment. Obviously, something that we're hoping the quicker connector will deliver when it finally comes out is, is the real sort of OS level plugin ability. And, and they did do that in the latest iteration. I'm not sure if, if they had it in the quicker or whether Windows 7 fixed it for me. Um, but the quicker connectors now, at least in Windows 7, at least the latest versions, add it in, in, in the side panel in Windows Explorer, which, which was new. It was never in there before. Okay. Oh, interesting. And, and that's a really big thing. You know, people, I keep on bringing up Dropbox, don't I, on the podcast and elsewhere, is, is that <clears throat> because so many folks are using Dropbox now and other services like that, we're really used to it just being, you know, another folder in Explorer or, or whatever the variant is on Linux and Finder on the Mac. It's, it's just, it's another area to drop your files. It shouldn't behave any differently to your your main operating system. And, and I think people expect that of quicker and also of, of files within connections too. Well, but I don't think IBM helps themselves though by having different flavors of connect connectors depending on kind of what you're doing. Uh, you know, if if they went to a one connector to rule them all, I think IBM's life would become a lot easier because then it's one one code stream, multiple platforms instead of multiple code streams, multiple platforms. 
you would have thought that'd be much easier wouldn't you if you just had one connector that, that everybody could download and, and the other thing is to make sure it gets shipped in the the new versions of the products as well so rather than having to download it separately it become you know it comes with every default install you do too well and i wonder if some of this is deliberate if they're trying to push people into having quicker in addition to connections and therefore the quicker connectors are more from what i've seen there are the quicker connectors are a lot more functional and work in a lot of different places maybe not mac but a lot of different <laughs> places on your windows machine and so i wonder if there's some intentional design decisions around let's not make the connections connectors really super snazzy so that we can sell quicker in addition to I I don't know it would at least make it a little bit more logical I'm the conspiracy theorist around here get off my lawn <laughs> get off my lawn <laughs> And, and another set of updates to connections also released this week uh, it is the new mobile clients so we've had Adam Brown and, and Matt Newman on here before talking about iWildfire which is a, a great uh, iOS um, app that, that connects to connections allows you to see your status updates allows you to upload files and various other things too um, and you know they developed that sort of three months or so ago well IBM have now developed their own which is great news if, if you're not an iOS user or if you um, haven't used iWildfire so this are native clients for connections for Android, for iOS and for the BlackBerry platform from RIM2. Um, it's only the Android one that's actually available for download yet because that, that's been approved on their app store. We're waiting for the versions for iOS and RIM to be approved on those app stores. So has anybody seen those yet? They nope. came and they went. <laughs> Well, there we go. So, so this is what, if we're talking about conspiracy theories. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, so, let's do. Yeah. So Matt Cadero announced those on his blog, Luis Benitez and uh, a few others, Chris Pepin as well, blogged about them. I did too. And then, uh, strangely, those blog posts all disappeared a day or so later, um, which was very odd. Now, I, my, my understanding is that, um, that IBM wants to deliver a formal press release uh, and, and deal with journalists and so on about this launch. So it's a shame those social posts have been taken down i think that's a whole nother topic but at least uh, you know if we focus on the fact that, that, that those those releases have been shipped to the app stores and are going to be available i think that's a very positive thing that ibm has, seems to be embracing the native clients now sharon i mean you're, you're a connections person are you looking forward to getting hold of those to be honest i, I actually really like my eye wildfire so although i'll probably give them a, a try i unless they're spectacular i think i'm going to end up going back to the isw app because it just does everything I need it to. <laughs> Fair enough. And, of course, the, the ISW version also supports the iPad too, which, yes. um, you know, the iOS one that IBM's releasing is only an iPhone app, so you have to run it in two times mode for that. Uh, well, in which case, then, I'll definitely stick with my, with my wildfire because I do nearly everything socially related on my iPad now. I very I, Shockingly enough, use my iPhone just as a phone. <laughs> Which defeats the object of having it, surely. So, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so D Darren, I know you're a fan of Android and, and not so much of a fan of RIM these days. Are you surprised that IBM is, is still developing for the RIM platform? Or do you think there's a demand out there for it? I, 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 I don't know. Um, this, I, I said a couple of months ago that, you know, IBM were probably charged some political capital 
for letting the BlackBerry guys up on stage and vice versa at their two conferences. And I wouldn't be surprised if this has something to do with it. Where look, we we're gonna kill. They're killing that stupid server, the Snap server, whatever it was called, right? They're killing that. Um, but they are coming out with allegedly new native clients. I bet if you looked at the numbers, most of IBM's connections clients are probably still using a Bez server. Is this another conspiracy then? What are we up to for this episode? Ooh, 27. <laughs> we, we try to hit at least 50 an episode now. <laughs> I mean, um, Lisa, Lisa, you talk to a lot of customers. Are you still finding a lot of people running bears and, and depending on it for, for their you know, mobile access to email? Well, here's my conspiracy theory. Um, I think IBM's target market is big, stuffy, slow-moving enterprise accounts. And yes, within those accounts, you're going to have some iPads, some iPhones, some Android devices. And so it's definitely on their radar that they need to be doing that. But it's the same with the browser support. You know, they look at big corporate environments and say, well, 98% of people are on Firefox or Windows. So what's the big rush on Chrome? Whereas, you know, as partners, as super geeks, not me, but you all, um, I think we're much more cutting edge. So to us, to not have Chrome is really embarrassing. To not have a mobile client is really embarrassing. But I think they are playing to their primary audience. And if that means that to the cool kids, they seem behind, it's kind of like, oh, well, we don't want that, but we'll just tell the cool kids it's coming. So it's a little bit, I think, of a of a disconnect. And I do think that's why historically IBM has been very strong in enterprise, but has not had a lot of credibility with all of the tastemakers, the Leo Laportes and people like that. To some degree, they probably don't care because it's not their audience. But the problem is it hurts over the long run if you're not seen as cool and cutting edge and up to speed. So I think it's just a difference in philosophy. And, and they don't seem to ever learn. This is the thing I don't get about IBM. For, for all of the PR people and marketing people and sales people that these guys have, to what, what looks like to accidentally launch via a couple of well-read blogs and then within, they look like within 48 hours, turn around and yank them. Again, just smacks of, you know, what, what the hell are you doing? And that's a conversation I've had in terms of, you know, widen it more generally outside of IBM. But, but you know, we clearly still have plenty of people that are focused on traditional PR, traditional journalism, traditional, you know, we send out a press release and we speak to the journalists and we do some interviews and, and that's how we get the news out. And then we have this whole new way of marketing of social media. And, and it sounds as if those just aren't being treated as an integrated sort of suite of capability. It sounds like you have one group that's going off in one direction, taking three weeks to do it, and you have another group that's happening today because we can just send out a blog post and it gets read by the community and it's, you know, it gets spread that way. And it sounds like those two things aren't being managed in an integrated, sensible way at the moment. Yeah, there was a piece on John Stewart a couple of months ago where they went out and interviewed somebody with um, a newspaper and the Daily Show correspondent says, so what's it like to be in the business of used news? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. It's a paradigm shift. Yeah, And, and it's ironic that it's IBM that don't get this. Well, it's ironic that they'll do stuff like this and then want to teach us about social, but... <laughs> 
gonna, I said I was going to try to be nice, so I'll try to control myself. And from my perspective, draw, you know, withdrawing after the event is the worst possible thing you could do. I mean, by all means, go and speak to the blog and say, look, we should have done this differently. Next time, let's do it in a different way. Next time, we need to talk about it beforehand or whatever it might be. But actually letting the post get out there, let people like me you know, cross post and link to them and then withdraw them and withdraw the screenshots that are enclosed in those blog posts seems to be a, a very strange way of dealing with it because you just can't, yeah, you, know, you can't put the rabbit back in the hat, can you? Not in this day and age. You cannot sweep it back under the carpet and Republican, Republic, uh, Representative Anthony Weiner, the guy that took a photo of his dodgy parts, <laughs> tweeted them and then pulled them down within 20 seconds, is still a famous dude because of it. You cannot now go and yank something back in any meaningful fashion somebody somewhere has linked screenshotted copied whatever you just you just end up looking like an idiot it really does send out the wrong message to customers as well from a customer point of view you get really excited about this new stuff that someone's blogged and then you go and tell somebody higher up in your organization and when they look it's gone how stupid do you feel oh no well and it and, it, and then it would make you wonder, like, oh, well, did they take it down because the software is not very good and maybe it's not ready, so let's kind of forget about it and yep, that's exactly do what. exactly what you did. Just, I'm just going to go back to what works. I was just commenting, it really inspires doubt when, uh, when you pull, put something out there and pull it back for whatever reason. And, and also, you know, so much of, of, of the way we work, you know, with connections, for example, is dependent on things staying there. You know, it's, if you had a bookmark, if you write a blog post that links to it, you know, and, and so just taking the, the post down at source just isn't going to stop that news from percolating. Um, you know, and, and, and well, as soon as the, the apps hit the app store, you know, people are going to be aware of it. People are going to start tweeting it. People are going to start reviewing those apps. So I just don't understand how you can put the genie back in the bottle. It's just not going to happen. And and I think the other thing is, does it really matter? You know, iWildfire is a very, very good application for this and has been, it's a stellar job by the ISW folks. So, you know, it just makes them, makes IBM look even kind of more incompetent because there is a very, very good competitive product that does the same thing. It may or may not be better, but, you know, the release schedule of iWildfire has been a lot more, um, public than the release schedule of, of the IBM clients. So, you know, I think it's just pushing more people to like the likes of iWildfire I and what's the Android one? Linked something? M-Linked. M-Linked, right? Yeah. Well, and it goes back to, I think, communication and also just the way IBM deals with their partners is from a communication perspective, if they would do a little bit better job of letting us know what is coming and when iWildfire might not have ever been built. So, you know, they kind of let us run off and do things because we see a void, not knowing that they're working on it and that it's going to be out in a timely manner. And then the flip side of that is IBM is classic. You know, I get really sad when I talk to partners who say, oh, we've invented this lovely widget and we're really excited because we hope we're going to get acquired by IBM. And I'm like, oh, you do not understand how IBM works. IBM is going to look at the Gartner Magic Quadrant, and if IBM is not in it, they're going to go acquire somebody that already has customers <laughs> that they can sell other things to. They have no interest in taking your little add-on, especially, you know, if your thing runs on top of Lotus software, then any customers you have are quote-unquote IBM's customers already. So buying you doesn't do them any good at all. They're buying Magic Quadrant. They're buying customers they can sell other things to. They don't buy feature function 
capabilities that go with their existing platform. So, you know, I guess just word of warning to anybody who thinks you're going to go that way. You can make some money in that space, but don't think IBM's going to get acquired. They're just going to come and step on you like a giant elephant one day. I've seen it happen many times. Or sit on you like a giant elephant. Yeah, I guess I guess both of the Dukes are in a negative mood today. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at some more positive views then. Again, we're going to stick right. with connections for a moment. Um, Volker Weber, which is not a place we often go for positive news about Lotus, <laughs> but over at Vogue.net, um, <laughs> he just blogged that IBM Connections is one at Bayer. So is it Bayer or Bayer? I can never remember. Um, America at Bayer. Bayer. So Bayer Material Science was a reference for Connections. Uh, there was a press release announced, I think it was at Lotusphere this year, uh, saying that Material Science had rolled out Connections. And um, well, that's now spread to be across the, the more broader um, Bayer company, which is an, an enormous company uh, headquartered in Germany. So it, that is very, very big news. One against SharePoint um, and you know, Connections has gotten in there, even though that they run other Microsoft applications there. So, I mean, that that's just a tremendous story that IBM can win in these big organizations, even when they're not necessarily the incumbent. It's an interesting story because IBM were the incumbent. Oh, okay. Right? They, 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 it, the Bayer was an entire domino shop, top to bottom. And then a few years ago, they moved to the entire Microsoft stack. And materials, if memory serves right, the materials piece was only one tiny division inside of the big behemoth that is Bayer. And because of the success of connections, it looks based on uh, Volker's blog post, it looks like there's been some type of bake-off and it's slapped around SharePoint MySites, which is, MySites is kind of the similar functionality in SharePoint. That's the social component that Microsoft like to sell people. And it looks like Connections roundly slapped it all over the place and now Connections is being rolled out uh, entire Bayer-wide. So, you know, good win for IBM. Uh, kind of smacked them upside the head. I'm, I'm shocked because Bayer were publicly a big, we are only using Microsoft stuff now, but I guess times are change. And, you know, in IT, it's like dog years, right? One year is every seven. So is that kudos to IBM there, Darren? Kudos to whoever <laughs> did it. I, you know, I, yeah. I, if, if they made any money on it, double kudos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, Lisa, you've been busy in the last week or so, haven't you? I don't know whether down did you go along, but I'm, I'm talking about I am lug, of course. Lisa, you were there last week and presenting. How did it go? Yeah, it was just me. Um, I was saying for Lotus Sphere, I was going to get a shirt that says Darren's not here. <laughs> or uh, my name's Lisa, not where's Darren. Because <laughs> 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 everybody, you know, it, I, I guess it makes sense because they're sort of used to seeing us. We're a bit like salt and pepper. We usually come as a as a as a pair. But uh, yeah, everybody was like, where's Darren? Where's Darren? Where's Darren? I'm like, well, it's nice to see you as well. <laughs> um, but it was a great conference. Chris Miller and the crew out there did a fantastic job. I am always in awe of the teams that put together these big Lotus user groups to be able to negotiate with the hotel and the catering and the rooms and, you know, the tracks and the speakers. And I say this with great love, but this community is not one that um, is very good at marketing. And for them to be able to pull 170 people into a room just really through word of mouth and blogs and Twitter, it's a testament, I think, to the power of social and also to the power of the community. So they had very good turnout. They had three rooms going at all times, a admin track, a development track, and the et cetera 
track, which um, they had called, I don't know where this fits. <laughs> so um, they had a couple of presentations around um, social and I was able to pitch in a little bit on a session that Carlos Casas did. So I, I enjoyed that. And they of course had a nerd girls panel and um, Chris's mom was named the conference mom. She, um, it was very funny because <laughs> at the at the closing session, Chris was like, yeah, we said she could help out, but not to tell anybody that she ever knew me as a child or who she was. <laughs> but uh, she was, you know, was fantastic and was chiming in on the Nerd Girls panel. And it was really interesting because we had his mom there and also his daughter, who's, you know, of course, anybody that age is all about the gadgets. And so it was a really interesting discussion to hear Chris's mom talking about when she was coming in. And she actually was a trainer and was rolling out notes, as she said before, it had a version number. So she really, yeah, at AT AT&T. So she would travel and roll out notes all across the country and talked about sort of what it was like to be a woman in business at the time and, you know, little bow tie shirts in the 80s. And then to hear her granddaughter talk about, you know, her granddaughter doesn't consider herself a geek yet was rewiring her mom's house to try to get the TiVo working or something. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing how much business has changed, how much technology has changed. And to have that perspective, I don't know, I think it gives you a little bit of um, hope too, that, okay, if attitudes have changed that much just in these few generations, then um, I think the whole concept of we need to talk about being a woman in technology hopefully will become less important. So it it was really fantastic. And of course, Brian Chang, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, was um, the keynote speaker. And for those that went to Lotus Fear, you will remember him as the guy who saved the OGS. He just... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He came out, fantastic energy, you know, went through all the products. And it was the same here. And I, you know, he and I got to visit a little bit afterwards. And I said, you know, it was a bit of a double-edged sword because... You know, people were certainly excited to see you present because you did such a fantastic job at Lotusphere. But then it sets the bar that much higher of if you just come out and have an okay day, people will be like, oh, well, it wasn't as good as Lotusphere. But he, he did a really fantastic job and they demoed the whole, you know, I don't know, 47.3 products under the Lotus slash ICS banner that you should buy – but that I'm never really clear if they are imaginary from the future or real. But anyway, he did go through and demo the whole thing. And it was really interesting because first off, I have to give him credit. He was demoing on live products. It was not, as we call it, Scamtasia. Um, (laughs) And at one point, somebody actually was, because, you know, they always bring up Project Vulcan and all the, you know, domino people get a little twitchy like, okay, if you have this Project Vulcan thing, is there still going to be a server for me to administer? And so John Head called him out and was like, well, if that's notes, show us the workspace. And he flipped over to the workspace, which of course had not been vulcanized. It was, you know, looks exactly like it does today. And the whole group starts applauding. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The whole crowd starts applauding, which was funny, right? Because that was not the part we were supposed to be impressed with, but it was kind of confirming. You know, again, you want to talk about conspiracy theories. There's been a lot of question around, is this Vulcan thing even going to be notes? And at least as of right now in development land, it is. Um, I still have the same criticism of that one demo to rule them all that I had at Lotusphere, which is, you know, it's great 
to show, but I think they need to do a little bit better job of explaining before they start into it that this is our vision for the future. Because it implies when they just come up and they just show, they sort of imply like, oh, this is how I work every day. And a lot of those products, my understanding is it's a future release that you're looking at or a, you know, proposed someday release. And they don't make that very clear. They also, I wish that they were required to go through that demo with the partners before they could show it to customers and explain to us what's under the hood. Because for the purposes of the demo, they don't want you to think about that. They just want you to buy everything anyway. But I know every year we come out of the OGS and people were like, oh, the thing with the red blinky, I want to buy that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that is. And it probably doesn't exist yet. So if I ever figure it out and see it live, I'll call you. But (laughs) (laughs) so I, you know, I maintain that complaint of, I would like to know what all the pieces are and which ones are real and which ones are in beta and which ones are fantasy. But other than that, it was fantastic. Well, I've got it on good authority that in the last few weeks or months, IBM have actually built their own internal demo environment because they have such a hard time getting all to work together. I have heard that rumor as well. I, you know, and they, they should. It's silly to set the same thing up every time mm. they do a POT or whatever, but yes. there you go. And I think it's, it's an interesting challenge, isn't it? And one of the complaints I had maybe two or three years ago is that most IBM presentations at user groups were product A, product B, product C, product D, sort of as a, as a series of, of updates about just that one product. And there was never really a, a set of glue that kind of drew it all together to say, this is what this suite can do for you, Mr. Customer, and this is how it all interacts together, and this is the story we're trying to tell. Um, and, and it sounds almost as if they've gone too far the other way now, where the story is central, the vision is clear, but actually now how you get from A to B in terms of where you are today with the products you have installed to, to actually deliver this vision for your users is really tricky to understand and, and yeah. work out. And I'm happy with, for the audience of the OGS, they just want to say, you know, this is our vision of where we're going. Show everything working together and not talk about what products are what. I am fine with that. But then the very next session after that should be where we're going to go through screen by screen with the partners and say, okay, this is real. This is in beta. This is imaginary and probably never going to happen, but it was freaking awesome for the demo. You know, this is connections. This is same time. These are Cognos things, but because you have some sort of social credentials, you can sell them. You know, tell me what the heck it was, whether or not I can sell it, or else, you know, don't expect to make any money out of it. I've got a different point here, Bill, and that is... But let's say let's let's take Steve's organization, right? Steve walks in, and they've got nothing. They're using ISP pop free mail, and he comes in, and now they've got Domino, Quicker, Same Time, and and whatever else you've added on. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just buy one seat of all of them together, and then just say, okay, that person has access to all of these software components? And that's what I think gets missed on all of these OGSs and keynotes is how do I buy that and how many different SKUs do I have to order? Make it one audible SKU and solve a lot of problems. And, and yeah, Steve, but it'd be like $50 million, dollars, Darren. <laughs> and, and isn't Truth. that the cloud? Yeah, just to kind of put a different hat on. If, if, if you want to buy the suite that looks in a certain way, isn't that what Lotus Live delivers? 
to some extent is, is that you can just go and say you know to a user here i bought you a subscription and it gives you this whole deck of, of different functionality whereas if you need to know about it at a more granular level then yes you can do it on premise you can integrate it and whatever else but actually it's really hard to get to the point where you've got all these things working together and that's what the cloud offers you is that is all that already set up and ready to go Except you can't take what you saw in the demo and say, I'd like this in the hosted version, please. Because yeah, they're not... They're not the same. No, and there's loads of bits missing as well. Like... And I've, well, like in Lotus Live, the files bit's different to the connections files piece, and you can't do... There's no wikis, is there? Is there wiki, no, no, there's no wikis in Lotus no, Live at the moment. So if, yeah. you want, if you want connections and uh, email and some other sexy bits, you, you can't go and get that from Lotus Live at the moment because you can't... <laughs> You can't do everything. To be fair, I have been told that feature parity between connections and the Lotus Live stuff is a priority and it's coming, quote unquote, soon. But, you know, it's that typical, wait for us, we're the leader. Like, you know, I got to sell what's real today. And for me, again, as a partner, I basically have to learn two totally different things. So I've been focusing most of my time around trying to learn and keep up with connections, figure out what the competitors are. At some point, I've got to stop all that and figure out Lotus Live, <laughs> become an expert on that. And it's just, it's a lot of work. The, 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 you, you are right, the cloud. But the cloud's a bit like a, bit like a tombola, right? You get what you are given. Yeah. There is... There is no optional extra. There's re reasonably no customization. And you are then tied to that platform pretty much forever and a day. And it just strikes me that the cloud is not a fit for everybody. And surely these big Fortune 500 corporations that IBM loves to sell to are probably not enamored by the cloud. Or if they are, their security officers are having a fit. Yeah, that, that, that's a major concern for, for us as a customer. Uh, in, in terms of putting data somewhere else. I don't like it. Uh, I, if, you, if, you're, if your company is fine with it, that's great. I don't, I don't like it with my data. Not right now. Um, and that's just a personal preference. But from a licensing perspective, I would love to see, you know, here's your IBM um, collaboration license. And click the check boxes of how many users you want at the same time for quicker, for yada, yada, yada. That would be, that would be phenomenal. And, and I think they've tried it in the past, but they've always made it so complicated that, oh, you've got CEO communications, but then you've got CEO collab, and then you've got CEO advanced collab. It's like, no, give me an option just to buy this part, this, this tower, this tower, this tower, and all of the towers together and make my life easier as a business to say, you know what, I want to buy into your vision. Let me now give you some money to do that. And if you really want to go crazy, Darren, put it on a VM. Yeah. Please, so I don't have God, to figure yes, out God. how to get Please. 47 different products going. Oh, tell me about a it. It's the social text. Pain of text. my life. A la social text. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we get it. <laughs> so let's finish off for this week with um, another user group, which is MWLUG coming up very, very soon. Lisa, I think you're presenting at that one too. Yep, Darren and I actually both are the 24th through the 26th of August, so coming up here just in a few weeks. It's going to be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which one of my goals by the end of the conference is to be able to spell Milwaukee. <laughs> um, <laughs> always put an extra L in there. Um, 
so that is coming up very, very shortly. And they, Stuart, this might be interesting for you, if not for this year, for next year. They are taking a very strong social flavor. Again, the typical lug tends to be domino administration and then like a management track or a everything else track with one or two social sessions kind of scattered in there. Yeah. They have almost two full days of social content. There's a whole social track that's almost, you know, two days worth of sessions. And um, they've got someone from LinkedIn who's going to be presenting, I believe, as the keynote speaker. And then right after that keynote, I'm going to be leading a panel discussion. And my goal is, Stuart and I did a, we sort of co-presented and then opened it up for discussion at um, UK Lug. And the discussion there was really more around what is social, where did it come from, is it a good thing? And so my goal with the panel at MW Lug is to sort of assume all that has been discussed or will be covered someplace else over the next two days and take the next step of conversation of, okay, let's just assume that you get that social is awesome and IBM defines social as connections and connections is awesome. And let's kind of sit all that aside and say, okay, for those of you that are doing it, Let's hear the stories because I think that's the most valuable way to learn is how did you use some of these external services for your business and is probably a bigger part of the discussion if you've implemented a tool internally like Connections, how do you see it changing your business? Because this is one of the challenges for us, you know, as evangelists or consultants is people say like, yeah, it's really cool, but how's this going to make me money? And so I really want to get into the conversations of we implemented connections and it solved this problem for us just beyond the stories that IBM tells, but to really hear some from the customers. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then Darren, you're going to be presenting one of your classic presentations as well, correct? Um, yes. Say the yes. The VMware. <laughs> Domino on VMware. Yeah. Yep. Classic as in really, really important, important, you know, current and relevant rather than legacy. That's <laughs> how the people oh, use that word. No, I, rather than how to run on VMware 1.0, <laughs> yes. Right, right. You'll, he'll be updating the slides between now and then. But I just mean classic in that that is one that, you know, if you're anywhere in the southeast and you've ever been to a user group, you've seen it. But um, that show has not gone on the road to the Midwest yet. So we got a whole new audience up there. And I know um, there's been some requests for that presentation over the years, and we were never able to make it. So I'm excited that we're finally going to be able to make it up there. And and again, I, I have a feeling MW Lug is going to be on my agenda for next year as well. Because they do have such a strong focus on social, it makes more sense. You know, because I, I, I love to see everyone, but, you know, I'll go to Admin Blast just to watch Mooney. Yeah, but I have no idea what he's talking about. So, <laughs> so for me personally, does, we can't understand it. <laughs> and of course, com coming up soon is also Auslug as well, isn't there? In Australia, which is also later on this month, we've got Matt Matt Newman, Mister Yellow Suit himself, coming on this podcast next week to tell us all about that. So, as another one to look forward to. If you're in that region and haven't booked to be at Auslug yet, you really should get there and and be part of that. Yeah, and it's actually the end of the month as well, the 29th and the 30th of August in Sydney. Okay. And Steve, are there any user groups up in Canada? Nowhere near where I am. I'm usually down in, in Boston um, for the, uh, the VIEW admin developer conferences. 
but uh, I'm in Nova Scotia, and I think that uh, the closest uh, I would have one would probably be in Toronto somewhere, but I find it much more effective to go to Boston. That makes sense. Okay, well, uh, you know, certainly user groups are a very big thing these days in this community. It's great to see so many of them around and so many of them doing very well in terms of attendance and, and great sessions too. So that brings us to the end of our topics for this week. Thank you for your input on all those. Darren, do you want to kick us off with our tips? Um, yes, I've even got one. That's useful. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for, I don't know if you have them in the UK, but called Levermans. It's kind of a foldable pair of pliers that has a knife and a can opener yeah, and anything too. else you wanted in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> so I was looking for one of them and I came across a, a version of one of them from Paladin Tools. Paladin make the punch down tools uh, for network people that had a punch down tool built into it. So it's kind of like a, a survival tool with all of the network and telephone geek tools built into it. And it is amazing. Now it ain't cheap. It's like 110 bucks. But the thing is nothing short of amazing. I'm pretty sure if you were in an aircraft crash and you it was at the bottom of the sea, this thing could get you out of the aircraft carrier, get you on out of the aircraft onto a desert island, and then you can wire your own network. <laughs> <laughs> what you really need, though, is to wire a phone on the side of a palm tree that you can use to call for help. Yeah, but unfortunately, you can only go to the next palm tree over. You can't unless unless the island already has fiber. You can't screw it. <laughs> I think we should leave it there, folks. And Steve, do you have a tip for us? Uh, well, I'm, I'm kind of the uh, the domino on eye uh, evangelist. So if um, if you're looking to you know run Domino or, or run any loans product that uh, currently runs on eye, um, it'd be a fantastic uh, thing to investigate in terms of you know total cost of ownership and uh, what you can really do with this box. So. Um, yeah, if, if you're if you're looking at a new deployment or you're looking at consolidating some servers or what have you, have a look at IBM Ion Power and 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 hey, the proof is in the pudding, right? If you look at any of the uh, case studies in terms of how how it scales to tens of thousands of users, um, it, it, all the information is there. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, I hope after this podcast, a lot more people will go and have a look at the iSeries. We'll have a link in the show notes to the product page for that and also for the Domino facility. So thanks for joining us today as well, Steve. It's great. Thanks, guys. And Lisa, what's your tip? Ah, well, for those who are interested in social and trying to kind of wrap their brains around it, get up to speed on it, Lewis Richardson, who, if you've ever seen him present... <sighs> trying to figure out how to say this in a nice way. Think of the typical IBM slide deck. It's nothing like that. So he actually does really good slides with really pretty pictures and brings in a lot of stories and things. So he has two new videos of some of these presentations out on YouTube. We'll put the link in the show notes. So if that's something that you're interested in, definitely check out those um, videos. It should help add to the discussion. Okay, great. Well, we'll, again, links are in the show notes. Do check those out. I blogged about one of them today as well. They're really great presentations. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for taking time out to join us today as well. And Sharon, what's your tip? Uh, My tip, if you're a blogger, is to use Deliverit because you can just blog to your little merry heart's content and then it will spam every social network (laughs) that you are a member of with a link to your blog. (laughs) And it it does it in a nice way too. You can configure it very well, can't you, as to what words you want to include in those posts and how to post them and how often, that kind of thing. 
Indeed, you can schedule it, you can put nice messages in it, you can make sure that it doesn't blap Twitter with eight different posts all at the same time. Um, um, and it supports all, yes, and it supports uh, um, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all the usual stuff. And it's got some APIs. So if you're feeling really cool and groovy, you can blag it into posting it to wherever you like. But it's very cool and it's free, of course. And how Social that Shazza is dead. Long live Spam Queen Shazza. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you very much, Darren. And Deliver It is on, it's been in the show notes, but it's spelled D-L-V-R dot I-T. Which right. you so. can find because you've worked on the AS400. Exactly, <laughs> although there is, there is an I in it. Yeah. Uh, at the very end, dot I-T. We are allowed yeah. vowels in the, the world of AS400, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. And no my, my tip for this week is a iOS app. It's called Downcast, D-O-W-N-C-A-S-T, and it's a podcast a catcher which allows you to download podcasts on the fly to your iPad or I, uh, shiny iPod, uh, iPhone, and it's just really neat in the way you configure it. Um, it also plays the podcast as well, so it comes with uh, both videos and audio, and just really, really nice app. Um, I think it's relatively cheap. It's about one fifty-nine in the UK. Okay, so that's probably you know, 99 cents, 129, something like that in the States. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Well worth a look if you listen to a lot of podcasts like I do. So that brings us to the end of our uh, episode for this week. Uh, can we really quickly go around the table because we're over time? Just ask uh, folks, what's your Twitter ID for people to follow you on? So Lisa, kick us off. What's your Twitter ID? Lisa Duke. Lovely and easy. And Darren? Darren Duke, all one word for my rants against... Rim and now VMware, although VMware are starting to come around. And Steve, what's your <laughs> Twitter ID? Uh, Stephen C. Pitcher, P I T C H E R, not P I C T U R E. Excellent, thank you. And my Twitter ID is Stuart McIntyre, so all of those make sense. And Sharon, what's your Twitter ID? <laughs> Mine is the one that doesn't make sense because it's Dilf. <laughs> Shut up, Darren. Dilf Technical, D I L F Technical, and I'm not telling you what it stands for. If you want to know, you can ask me. <laughs> at Kimono's Legosphere 2012. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you, everybody. I hope that's been an interesting episode to listen to, folks. Uh, join us again next week. But until then, this was This Week in Lotus. Bye. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. I think I've just heard Big Ben. <laughs> I think. Sorry, that was me. <laughs> and Steve, are there any user groups up in Canada? Yes, sir. Okay. Hang on one second here. I'm having trouble with my microphone, Stuart. I think we should start coming up with names. Is it Canuck Lug or Moose Lug? <laughs> Snow Lug. <laughs> eh, Lug. <laughs> Mountain Lug. Or just lug, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
Hockey uh, Hang on, now. I think I've almost got it back here. The Excellent. maple leaf lug. Puck love. Lug, even. <laughs> the everyone uh-huh. loves us. The other one, everyone loves us lug because, you know, they always tell Americans when you travel abroad to like, if you go backpacking in Europe, sew a Canadian flag on your backpack so the Europeans will think you're Canadian and like you. I'm not a Canadian. I'm not an American. I'm a Canadian lug, that one. <laughs> You've got to push it. Push it. Push it real good. That's me being salt and pepper. <laughs> wow. You've been sitting on that one for a long time, haven't you? And I looked at vulcanization, and it's the way you turn rubber into something else via way of sulfur. <laughs> I think am that's am the I outtake. not just an impressive font of Google prowess? <laughs> wow. <laughs>